Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Message Podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC info to 94000 or go to our website, experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message. Hello, my name is Pastor Anthony Brown from New Beginnings Fellowship, and I've come to be able to share the word of God with you today. I'm going to ask that you would take the time to turn to the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 12, and we'll begin reading at verse number 28. I'm going to give you a moment to be able to get there so that we can all be in the same place at the same time. Uh, Today I'll be reading from the New Living Translation version of the Bible, and whatever version you have, you can follow right along with us. That's Mark, chapter number 12, verse number 28. I'm going to give you a moment to be able to get there as we take a look at the life of Jesus and the amazing things that he has done. We'd like for you to meet us in Mark chapter number 12, starting with verse number 28. I'll be reading from verse number 28 to verse number 34 for your hearing today. And my Bible says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29 says, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul all of your mind, and all of your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Verse 32 says, the teacher of religious law replied, well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And now it is important to love him with all of your heart, and all of your understanding, and all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. There is more, there is more important, this is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Noted Christian author Josh McDowell reminds us that truth without relationship leads to rejection and rules without relationship foster rebellion and discipline without rule. Discipline without relationship leads to anger, bitterness, and resentment. God places a high value on having a relationship with him and not just following the rules. 
do you want to be right or do you want to be relational? That's one of the questions I always ask when I have two individuals sitting in front of me in premarital counseling. Do you want to be right or do you want to be relational? The question is there to help pinpoint you can be right, but then you can be all by yourself. And so it's important for us to realize that God puts an emphasis on being in right relationship. And when we are in right relationship with God, then we can also be in right relationship with each other. In other words, when we talk about being in right relationship with God, that's our vertical relationship with God. And then when we're in right relationship with God, we can also be in right relationship with others around us on our horizontal. So if our vertical is right, then our horizontal can also be right. Listen, you can be right about the facts and you can be right about the truth that you are sharing, but you can also be relationally wrong. It's important to learn how to be able to function as a believer within relationship, because when you're in right relationship, that's how you can learn how to get the rules right. Jesus died, not so that we could be right, but Jesus died so that we can be in right relationship. And when we're in right relationship with God, we can be in right relationship with each other. God gives us a free will to be able to choose and make decisions on our own. And God is hoping that we choose the decision to be able to love him and not just try to avoid consequences. What God wants is a relationship with us. Now, there's some people who operate under a monarchy where there's a king and the king makes the rules. There are other people who operate their government as a democracy where the people agree to be able to make the rules. But in God's way of doing things in his kingdom, God operates from a theocracy where God wants us to be in right relationship. And then it's through that relationship that we are able to follow the rules because he places the Holy Spirit inside of us to be able to do what he has required us to be able to perform as believers in Christ. And so when we read this passage, we find a Pharisee is asking Jesus a question and he wants to know which commandment is important. And Jesus goes to the two commandments here that sum up all of the other commandments together. Uh, by this time, when we look at Jesus's life, these Pharisees have created hundreds and hundreds of commandments. Some historians and scholars say that there were 613 commandments that they had presented from God's word. And they, made, they separated them into major and minor laws. Now, what God wants us to understand is that some taught that the laws were binding. Others taught that you could not mess up in any of these laws or you wouldn't be right with God. And the fact of the matter is that God designed these laws to help show us that we needed a savior, that we couldn't do it on our own, that we weren't able to follow the rules. But when we accept a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then that gives us an opportunity by way of the Holy Spirit to be in right relationship with God and to be able to follow the rules. God never created the rules so that we could be perfect. 
God created the rules to help bring us to the point to realize that we needed to be rescued out of our situation. That presenting the rules was a way of showing us and having us being able to see that we do need a savior, that we do need some help in this journey. And so the laws were created to help bring us to a point of understanding that Jesus is the Messiah. The law couldn't fix what was broken in us. And the spirit of God has come to be able to fix what's broken. See, when we look at the Pharisees, the Pharisees were following the law, the letter of the law. But when we look at what God has done, he has given us the spirit of the law. Now, the Pharisees were experts in the law, but there were times when the Pharisees missed the intent of the law. And what Jesus does is he helps us to understand that if we're going to follow the rules, it has to be within a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you're in that relationship with Jesus Christ, the laws are not burdensome. What he asks us to do is not overwhelming. It's asking us to do it so that we can be pleasing to him and pleasing to one another. See, I need a relationship with God that keeps me rooted and grounded in what God has called me already to do. It's important for me to understand that it serves as a foundation for me to be able to build a strong and grow in maturity and in grace of the knowledge of who Jesus Christ really is. In fact, one of the things that I like to do, particularly in our congregation, is to be able to read directly from the scriptures so that not only you hear a message, but you also hear the voice of God. And so I'm going to ask that you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start reading at verse number 21 because I want you to hear the voice of the Lord. I want you to hear God as we move through these scriptures about the intent of the law and the letter of the law. In Matthew chapter number 7, starting with verse 21, like for you to write these down so that even after you finish the message today, we can always go back and reference these and read them again. Matthew chapter number seven, verse number 21 says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You broke God's laws. Verse 24 says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. And though the rains come in torrents, and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey is foolish, like a person who builds his house on the sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, 
quite unlike the teachers of religious law. So point number two that we want to be able to get to is it's important for us to understand that there's a difference in relationship when it comes to duty and devotion. Duty and devotion. When you try to engage God out of duty, it's out of obligation. In other words, what we're trying to do is we're trying to do something in order to please God, and then God is required to do something for us. It's based on conditions that if I do this or I do that, then God is going to be required to do this or that for me. But God wants us to operate out of love, out of a relationship, out of a situation that is unconditional, that doesn't have any strings connected to it. God's laws are not burdensome. They can be reduced to two simple principles, love God and love others. And when we look at this theme, the commands are from the Old Testament. We find that these two scriptures interrelate to one another in Deuteronomy chapter number six, verse number five, and Leviticus chapter number 19, verse number 18. And Jesus says to the Pharisees, these two laws sum up all the rest of the laws that you have in the Old Testament. When you love God completely and you care for others, you actually are caring for yourself. And you have fulfilled the law, the Ten Commandments and every other law that's in the Old Testament by your love for God and your love for others. You should take the time to let those things soak in. Let them rule your thoughts. Let them help you in your decision-making. Let them help you in your actions. Because that's what love is. Love is an action. Love is not something that we just say, but love is something that we do. It's what we perform. When you're uncertain about what it is to do, ask yourself, which course of action best summarizes the love of God and a love for others? The Bible has a lot to say about love. The Bible says that God is love. And again, I'm going to ask that you would turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter number four. We're going to start reading with verse number seven. And here we find the scriptures telling us about loving one another. 1 John, toward the back of your New Testament, 1 John chapter number four, starting with verse number seven. And let's hear what God says about this relationship, this loving relationship that we need to have. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. Verse number nine says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse number 11 says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us 
and his love is brought in full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he is in us. Furthermore, we have seen that with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. And all who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. Point number three, a right knowledge is worthless without a right heart. Love comes from your heart. Love is an action. And when we read this passage of scripture, Jesus says to the Pharisee, you're really close to the kingdom of heaven. You do understand the law and the intent of the law. And as a, and, and what God does is he shows us that when we look at this passage of scripture, that the intent of the law was for us to be obedient from a place of our heart. Because of the Old Testament commands led to Christ and his next step was faith in Jesus Christ. Notice the step that you recognize that you need to be in right relationship with God. You need to love. And the next step is to be able to express that faith in Christ. This, however, is a difficult step for many to take. We do not know, the Bible does not tell us if the Pharisee actually became a disciple, if he actually became a believer in Christ. But he does tell him that he is close and he's not too far away. And so my admonition to you is today, if you're close, accept Christ. Don't stay at a distance. Don't just be around the perimeter, accept Christ so that he can be the Lord and the savior of your life. Salvation cannot just rest on your intellect and your knowledge alone. It's good to know the truth of God, but then you've got to act on it. You've got to repent and receive Jesus as the Lord and the savior of your life. Don't be content with just being close. Take the next step so that you can be committed to what the Bible tells us that we need to do. The Bible says that he that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son hath not life. These things I have written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. First John chapter number five, verse 12 and 13. Where is your heart today? Where are you at when your obedience and your personal relationship with God and able to follow and be obedient to what it is he's requiring us to do? If you love God, then there are certain things that are attributes of that love that will become clear to you. See, if you love God, that means that you're willing to be patient. If you love God, that means that you're willing to be kind, not only to God, but to those who are around you. Not only are you kind, but you don't take the time to try and envy what somebody else has. You don't desire what somebody else has because of the love of God and how God has taken care of you. You are content with how God has blessed you. When you're in proper relationship with God and you're loving, you're not boastful, you're not proud, you're humble and you're just thankful for all that God has done for you. It's important because when you're in the right kind of relationship, it's not self-seeking. You wanna try and do for others what God has already done for you. 
It's important because when you love properly, you don't easily get angry. You're patient enough to understand and be able to go the extra distance in order to help somebody else who might be struggling. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't keep a file of things that went wrong. And, and you can go back to 1979 and say, well, you know, you did this and you did that. No, it doesn't worry about what happens in the past. It worries about the relationship and where you're at in the present. Love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. And love perseveres in every situation. And so today, we want to make sure that we love God and love others. And what God has done for you, he's designed it so that you can use that to help somebody else along the way. I think back in my own life on how God used other people to help me to get to where I'm at today. And that's why as a pastor, I'm grateful to be able to give back for all the things that people have poured into my life. You see, I don't preach in order just to get a paycheck. I preach so that I can see God and the power of God changing people's lives. And when I can see God's power changing their lives, it's worth more than silver and gold. I preach because God has smiled on me, that God has blessed me, that it was God himself who was keeping me. And as a result, I want to be able to give back. It's, it's something like, your, like the fire that's shut up on the inside. The Bible says it's like fire shut up in my bones. I, I can't help myself. I've got to be able to share with other people all the great things that God has done and remind them that the same God that's done it for me is the same God that can do it for you. When I look back at all the troubles that I've had in life, when I weigh them and I put them in balance, all of my bad days, they don't outweigh my good days. God has put a balance in there so that no matter what it is that you go through, you'll benefit from it. It doesn't matter what happens, both good and bad. God mixes them together and God allows them to come out in a way in which your life so that you can be mature and strong in the Lord. Listen, I've got more than what I've asked for in my relationship with God. And it's more than what I deserve. And as a result of that, I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. You see, I'm a sinner that's been saved by grace, by his marvelous grace. I, I was messed up, but God forgave me. When I was down, he lifted me up. When I was discouraged, he was my encouragement. When I felt like I couldn't do it, God reminds me that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And when I feel defeated, he tells me that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. See, when you have that relationship with God, you've got to know that God is for you and not against you, that God will be with you in every situation that you find yourself. And you must remember that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, not death and not life not angels and not demons, not fears, not worries, nothing above, nothing below, nothing around you. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. We thank God for his love today because it's by his love that we are saved. It's by his love that he sent his son so that I could be in right relationship with God. And today I trust 
that by hearing this message today, that you've been encouraged that if you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, that you'll take the time to get to know him. You're just one prayer away. And that prayer is a simple prayer. Lord, I repent. Lord, I changed my mind. Lord, I've messed up. I believe that Jesus died on a cross and I believe that he was buried in a grave and I believe that he rose from the dead. And based upon those facts, I ask that you make me your child. Won't you pray that prayer today? And if you pray that prayer, God will save you. For the Bible says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, that they shall be saved. God bless you and heaven smile upon you. Thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better. If you found this message podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.